Hello, and welcome to another episode of Gaming Couch, where we sit back and talk about video games, board games, card games, and the like. So pull up a chair, put your feet up, let's have a good time. Why, hello, hello. <clears throat> yeah. Don't mind that. First Sunday in November. First chilly Sunday in November. And all in all, feeling good about it. Honestly, feeling good about it. I think it's going to be a good month right now. So, let's just roll into things. Yesterday, I got into a random conversation. Honestly, the reason why it started was just because we were joking around and actually turned into something more serious. On a Discord server with so this other guy that I know, some game devs, etc., etc. And we ended up talking about the idea of refunding a game. Now, I think this is a very interesting topic because time has changed, changed a lot, especially past, let's just say, 20 years, okay? If we're talking years upon years upon years upon years ago, there was no real refund policy. I mean, let's talk arcade era, okay? When you played a game at the arcade, there was no refund. You put your quarters into that game to play that game, and that was that. If you did bad or you didn't like it or whatever, it didn't matter. Your money was gone. But nowadays, with Steam and digital copies and stuff like that, refunding games is easier. It's not, like, doable everywhere, but you can do it to some regard. And, like, the real question is, Who's in the right here? Like, is it okay to be able to just refund a game willy-nilly? Or does that have to be something behind it? So here was the, the conversation that it went. The developer I was talking to made the point of the game needs to be proven that's broken. You know, it's unfinished, there's a game-breaking bug in it, or something along those lines to warrant a refund. It can't just be, I didn't like it, or I wasn't going to have fun with it, you know, whatever it was. It can't just be the opinion of, I don't like the game, and that allows you to refund. Like, that's not a valid enough reason. And I definitely see where he's coming from with that. And granted me, just the other day, there was a game called Battletech that I bought, and I didn't even play an hour of it, and I refunded it, because it, I was playing it for 47 minutes, and in those 47 minutes, I picked my character's backstory, watched some opening cutscenes with some lore, and I couldn't even get through the first mission. It was a very long first mission, and I had no idea what was going on, so I just refunded it because I'm like, I, I just don't know what's going on. I'm not enjoying it. So in the developer's eyes, I shouldn't be allowed to refund it because the game wasn't broken. Like, everything was working fine. The game was in one piece. There was no bugs or glitches as far as I could tell. I just wasn't enjoying my time, and so I was able to refund it through Steam. However, if you talk, like, on the Xbox and you buy something on the market on Xbox Live, refunding it doesn't really happen. You can't easily refund something on the Xbox Live Marketplace or other marketplaces. But, but, if you buy the hard copy at the store, you know, like GameStop, Best Buy, wherever you buy games, and you buy the physical copy there is a refund policy. You're actually able to refund the game and bring it back, but that's based on store policy, not something else. 
However, the third party still has control of that. Steam is a third party between developer and player, and they have a refund policy. It's very loose. Retail stores are your third party. They buy the hard copies, put it on the shelf, and then you as a consumer can go in and buy the game. And their refund policy is based on their store, kind of like with Steam. So where's the rights? Like where, where does the right fall in about refunding a game compared to having to keep it even if you don't like it? Because this is a very interesting market. I was curious, so I did some research. All right, I couldn't find a hell of a lot of information, but I found a few things poking on the internet. I was curious, let's say movie tickets. Okay, You buy a game and you play it for entertainment. And you buy a movie ticket to go see a movie for entertainment. So what if, using that logic behind games of, I should be allowed to refund it if I don't like it. Well, what if I bought a movie ticket for a movie and I did not like it? Well, based on some stuff I read and then something from the Fandango website, there are limited circumstances behind refunding a movie ticket. However... The refund and or exchange would have to be done before the showtime. As in, you'd have to refund it before you see the movie, not after. So after I see the movie, from as far as I can tell, just based on what I was looking up, once you enter the theater and watch that movie, whether you liked it or not, that's it. No refunds. But... Once I purchase a game, and using Steam's policy, refund policy, which was posted and cited by one of the users on Discord, which I greatly appreciated, it was a two-hour limit. So you have within two hours, and you know, like some other little restrictions, obviously, that you are allowed to refund the game. Now, I'm also looking for, and I can't even, here we go. Upon request, vsdhelp.steampower.com issue a refund for any tile that's requested within 14 days of purchase and has been played for less than two hours. Includes online, offline, shared library playtime. That's straight from the Steam FAQ. So what the hell? Why is it that I can purchase a game for entertainment, play the game for under two hours, which is roughly movie length time, and refund it? Because I didn't like it. When on the flip side, I can buy a movie ticket, see a movie, and not refund it. Any of you movie experts out there, you know, feel free to correct me because I'm not entirely sure. But it, it's an interesting question. It really is. And I think part of it goes to the change in mindset. Me personally, outside of Steam, outside of Steam, I've only refunded a game like once. I had the hard copy and I brought it back to the store and I got a refund. I've only done like once, really, in my life. Otherwise, I keep all the games I buy. And really, I have no problem with that. Even though there are some games I'm like, why the hell did I spend the money on this? I still kept the hard copy. It's only the digital versions that I refunded. Again, never hard copies. My mindset? You know, I'm going to try and figure that out as to why. But I think part of it, and this is part of the argument I was bringing up online, the mentality of people has changed over time. There's a lot more of a me, me mentality going around compared to how it was, you know, a couple decades ago. I want satisfaction. There's a big push for just personal. Like, if I'm spending my money on something, I better be satisfied doing it. So if I spend my money on a game 
well, it better satisfy me. Even though it's just a product, it better satisfy me exactly the way I'm looking for. If I'm not satisfied exactly the way I'm looking for, then I want satisfaction of getting my money back because I didn't like it. That me mentality is pushing it further. And on the flip side, you know, the the dev, great point. It's simply when you're making a game, it's there's no guarantee of satisfaction in the product because every developer is different, every game is different, and a gamer, a consumer, what they're looking for is different. So all you can guarantee when making a game is its features. Now, this developer I get along with very well, and we weren't arguing, we were just having the discussion, and I was trying to find a rationale behind why people want to do it, though I still agree with a lot of his points. You know, he said... I feel like the only reason to get a refund is if someone is misled. Again, if the game doesn't work right, and I agree with him on that 100%. However, people think nowadays as misled as I thought I would like it, but I didn't. The term misleading has changed in terms of how the game works. If the game works fine, but you don't like it, well, that's a mislead. If the game doesn't work fine, well, obviously that's a mislead anyway, because... The game doesn't fucking work. But still, even if people are misled or things are done wrong, companies are still afloat. EA, Activision has done some fucked up shit that people don't like, but they're still afloat. Because people still want to play their games and people still want to be the best, so they put in the money for the microtransactions. It still happens. Hell, look what happened with CTR. The, the remaster of CTR where it was, there will be no microtransactions in the game. And then a couple months later, boom, there are now microtransactions. And going with that idea of misleading, that the dev brought up, that was a huge mislead. Huge. And the worst part was, it was a huge, like, crime of trust. Because they swore up and down that it wouldn't happen, and then months later, when you no longer could refund it, honestly... Even if you're trying to do like an in-store refund policy, even in stores, it's roughly like the same way as Steam. Seven or 14 days of purchase with proof of purchase with the receipt, you can refund the item. They waited like, what was that, three months or something like that? Around the, around the time they did the Spyro Cup. So about three months they waited. Way too far in for anyone to get a refund who bought it right away. After all the hype was going on about it. So people would buy it. They misled us and dropped those microtransactions. So is there a right for refunds there? We were horribly misled. The, what's what I'm looking for? Dynamic between consumer and producer and the third-party platform of a game is a strange dynamic that can't be put on straightforward, per se. It is impossible for us to have a surefire guaranteed way to direct something when it comes to I purchase a thing, I want to play the thing, I want to enjoy the thing, and then move on. Because something like Battletech, which, again, I refunded because I was not enjoying it at all I like mechs I talked about Lancer a lot all of you know that 
I enjoy big mech combat. So when I purchased Battletech, I expected to have that enjoyment. And I looked at the reviews. And that's part of, like, the whole researching bit that is part of this. I was looking at the reviews that people put on Steam. I looked online real quick to just kind of see what it was about because I was curious. And it was kind of what I was looking for. You know, people mentioned kind of like XCOM, you know, tough turn-based combat, but you're in giant mechs. And I'm like, okay, that sounds pretty awesome. And again, I enjoy giant mechs. So I'm going to invest in this and purchase the game. The moment I booted up the game, like I said, opening cutscenes, making my character background, you know, the, the standard stuff. I wasn't, like, completely blown away by the story. I honestly didn't really care so much about the story because I wanted to get to the giant mech combat. I had no idea what was going on. They threw me into my first combat with three units versus a bunch of enemies. And if you've never played the game before, the missions are more kind of, like, exploratory narrative-based. So it's not just you're on the map and there's the enemies. It's actually like you have to move along the map. And as you move along the map, you know, there's dialogue that happens and various cutscenes, you know, like in-game cutscenes and whatnot happens for the mission to continue. So that way your objectives change as you explore the map. Now, while I was doing that, instead of like, you know, a lot of games that you have customization, it kind of eases you into things. This game didn't. It's like, okay, here's your mech with eight different weapons go like it doesn't explain what the different weapons are what they do if they have like any modifiers you know i found out that certain of them have ammo i found out how to read the damage because it does have a heads up for all that kind of stuff but i had to locate it first it didn't tell me about it and then the turn order it said okay smaller mechs you should go first so i'm like okay sounds about right my mech looks pretty small wait when do i go like i could never tell when i was supposed to go honestly i could never tell when i was supposed to when my turn would come up because when it did say, you know, pick a mech or go into reserves, it wasn't just I pick who went. It was I had to click on the guy who was allowed to go at that time as far as I could understand. And then attacking the enemies, uh, I don't know if I was allowed to uh, like pick certain limbs or, you know, this or that. And since I didn't know exactly when the enemies were going, I wasn't sure like, okay, can I move my mech forward? Will they be safe? There was so much confusion in the first mission. Like I said, I never even got to the end of it. I felt that I deserved a bit of a refund because of that mislead. Now, the game might be great going forward. It could be, for all I know. I just really never got that far. So was it was I misled in terms of a broken game? Not necessarily. However, a standard, okay? A standard in a game like that, and XCOM does this very well with their tutorial mission, there should be a standard presented to the player right away of how to get things done. And I mean, honestly, I felt Dark Souls did better with their tutorial than this game did. Because I couldn't even tell when I was allowed to melee things. I finally found out I was able to melee things only if I moved into them first. Even though there is the melee option as a weapon, it doesn't activate unless I move into the enemy. And there was a bunch of other options I could do that I had no idea how to, like, what they did because I was never told. You know, even if it just said, like, hey, you'll learn this later, like, there was no heads up. Dark Souls, even though it is supposed to be, like, a brutal game that doesn't hold your hand, the Undead Asylum in Dark Souls 1, well, it has all, this, all the text scrawled on the ground that shows you what, you, like, you know, what's what, what you can do. So you at least have an idea of how to play the game. And then from there, you figure everything else out. That, at least, I have a standard to work with. You know, it took me, like, a two or three playthroughs to learn 
exactly how to do a mage build, like how to use sorceries or pyromancers or whatever. But I was able to at least play the game with a dex or strength build. There was something I could do out of it. Battletech, I didn't feel that. So a standard should be for games, especially combat games, some sort of tutorial. Optional tutorials are fine. Like XCOM did that. XCOM has a tutorial mission in XCOM 1 that I think is very good. You start with three units and you're exploring a unique map. Okay, because most of XCOM is like, you know, pre-generated randomized maps. So the first map is just straight. Okay, it's very unique. It's very straightforward. It's very, you know, it's city-based because it's the start of the invasion. So you're exploring this place. You find the dead alien and the game's telling you, okay, move your, you know, move the character here to get, you know, full cover to get a better chance at, you know, dodging an attack or the enemy has a lesser chance to hit you. Stuff like that. But an enemy, two of your units die. All right? The game, you have to do what the tutorial tells you, and that way you learn all the mechanics that you need to to start the game. You learn that, yes, people can die and there's permadeath. You learn how to use cover. You learn how to shoot, all that kind of stuff. And you, as a bonus, you get a guy who starts out at a higher rank than all other recruits because he completed the mission, so it even shows how leveling up works. However, you don't have to play that tutorial mission. Every future game of XCOM you play, you can just turn the tutorial off and skip it completely. That, I think, is a standard that games should hold. And when you're looking to release a game, there should be that. There should be some sort of tutorial, some sort of opening level, or even like a narratively based thing. Like, there was one game I played called Totem over the summer as a demo, and the first level, it's more narratively based. So it teaches you how to play the game, but it's teaches you along with the character. The character's like, wait, who am I? What am I trying to do? And so the spirit that's with you explains how everything works narratively, which is still nice. You know, if I was playing through the game again, I had to go through it again, but I, I like it because the character's learning along with the player. That standard is held that I know what I'm getting into. I know what I'm doing. A game without that, I feel like Battletech didn't have that. Yeah, I feel that's a mislead. I feel in some way that's a mislead, and I should be allowed to refund it. And then on top of that, Battletech's been out for a couple of years, okay? It's had its chance on the market. It made money. It had a profit. So it's not like Sonic Forces, where people bought it day one, played it, realized they could beat it in an hour, and were like, fuck it, and refunded it. There was some time since the game was released. It's It's weird. Like I said, it's, it's very weird, especially also with indie developers. Okay, this conversation I had with the dev about refund policies was an indie dev team with only three members. Like, there's three guys on the development team. If you refund something like Modern Warfare, for example, who gives a fuck? Honestly, you refund Modern Warfare, they're going to sell plenty of copies. It's made by a AAA studio. Like, they got the money. One refunded copy isn't going to hurt anyone. But nowadays, we have a lot more indie developers. There's a lot more opportunity for people who are either solo devs or on a small dev team that, yeah, the the money they make off of that game being sold is impactful. And that refund for the 15, 20 bucks has some impact on them because there's much smaller teams so they don't have the funds backing them to keep them afloat all the time. So should we be allowed to refund those indie games, knowing what we're getting into, knowing, hey, if this is an indie team that doesn't have a lot of people backing them, will there be problems? 
Okay, will the game be broken in some way? There's a possibility there's some glitch in it, all right, that can be missed because a small team, that happens. They can miss things. Betas are important for that reason, to try and find those bugs by letting people play your game early. But should we charge for that? Something like Darkest Dungeon. I bought it early access, and I've been playing through it for a very long time. I remember playing it before it had things like Trinkets and The Cove or any talk of DLC, or I played even before The Darkest Dungeon was released, like the actual final level. Yet I enjoyed it because the game, even with possible bugs and glitches, was sound. And they had something that worked, and they had a tutorial that worked for me so I could understand what was going on. The standard was held. It really was. Indie developers can uphold a standard in their games. They keep that tutorial in there. They produce something for you to enjoy using the rules that they've made. It's, it's all there. Play it. Enjoy it. But make sure you know what you're getting into at the same time. It's on the player a bit to do their research a little bit. I'm not talking at the research every game before you buy it, but at least know a bit about it. Maybe know a little bit about the company. Okay, is it a good company? If you really want to go that far, you can learn about the company. But even on like a surface level, like I do with Battletech, just at least look at the reviews. I looked at some reviews, I clicked online, to, and I saw some alpha gameplay footage of it, which you know obviously was older, but it still gave an idea of what I was getting into. So I looked around a bit, I'm like, okay, for 40 bucks, this should work out for me. When I was younger and I would buy games, the research, there really was no research. Because back then, it was you bought a Nintendo game, or you bought a Microsoft game on Xbox, or a Sony game on PlayStation. Like, Really, the only backing you had was just what, was the, what console was the game on. Buying a Nintendo game, I knew what to expect. I had a standard of what to expect for it. Buying an Xbox game, I had a standard. I knew what to expect. The individual development teams might have changed a little bit. You know, like Visceral Games, or EA as a publisher, or, I don't know, the list, the list goes on. But you know what I mean. Of like, exactly who made the game for Nintendo, that can kind of change. But still, there was, and understand that when I bought a Visceral Arts game, you know, I bought Dead Space, I knew what to expect from Visceral Arts when I bought their games, until they got fucked and you know, sorry to connect knockoffs. But there was that. That was the only backing I had. And then looking at the box. Look at the box. All right, flip it over. Look on the back. You know, the synopsis of the game on the back. Kind of like what Steam does with their little brief on the side of the store page. That was all I had to go with. I could have gone online at home. But when I'm at the store looking to buy a game, it really comes down to what I'm looking at. And if the guy or the girl working at the store knew about the game, whatever they said. It's it's a really weird market. It is. Because that satisfaction, that that standard looking for for a game, how do you find it? How do you guarantee? How do you absolutely know that when I purchase this game, it'll uphold that standard of letting me know what's going on and letting me enjoy the game to its fullest extent? Because now, again, with the internet and with a lot more indie developers and with the ability to purchase games online and download them there's it's instantaneous it's boom i buy it i look at it boom i buy it i play it there's no lag time anymore in the course of three hours i looked up battletech i purchased it downloaded it and tried it and then refunded it 
in I mean the seam refunded I didn't get it till the next day obviously but the whole main process from research to refund I guess it was about three hours give or take you know way back when before we had all this digital copies of games to download if I bought a game on the GameCube well I got to drive out to the store got to go there I got to pick it up got to drive back like the time frame was still roughly the same like about three hours for me to fully commit time to the game to try it out but then if i really wanted that refund okay now i gotta get back in the car i gotta go back out to the store i gotta make sure i have the receipt you know that hassle there makes it a lot harder to refund physical copies because so i really want to go through all that and that's partially why i kept a lot of the games that i didn't like on disc because yeah i i don't want to go through all that hassle of going back and do this and do that it's it's a hassle but with something like Battletech if I can just click a button bada bing bada boom that's that's a pizza pie bam I'm done I get the money back the standard changed because my accessibility has changed quality games had a certain quality I believe before we had ease of access through digital download there was a certain quality that was needed because you couldn't update the game once you put the game on that disc, I'm talking like GameCube era stuff, like GameCube, early, like really early Xbox kind of thing, PlayStation 2, you know, when they were starting to play with the internet a little bit, but we didn't exactly have full on internet with our games. It was also, yeah, the game had to be made well because there was no patch. You know, as time went on, we got deeper into the Xbox's lifespan, and we move on to, like, the 360 era and things like that, where digital downloads are more of a thing and playing games online is more of a thing. Yeah, it was okay. If you release a game on hard copy and it turns out there was an issue, release a patch. You can release a patch online, patch it up, and keep going with the game. And I feel that hurt our standard of games now. Because, yeah, I can download a game that has some issues, or I can buy an early access game that I know would have issues and just wait it out, and in time, things get patched, things get cleaned up. And then that's where the standard for development teams comes in because some reviews comment on that saying, yeah, the developers are very active on the Steam page, or yes, the developers are very active because there's patches that come out constantly. On the flip, they'd be like, don't bother with the game because the game's dead in the water. The devs aren't, you know, patching issues in it. Why was the game released broken anyway like i sh the game again like the dev said misleading the game shouldn't be released broken and then never and then you know you buy a game that's half finished but we're allowed to do that now we're allowed to release games in an early access or beta state and just fix them over time like you already bought the game and we'll build it as time goes on it's almost like free dlc hey you bought the game now here's a bit more like shovel knight did it very well we bought Shovel Knight, we knew what to expect from it, and it was a very well-made game, and then over time, free DLC was released for it, more content was released for it. But the content was to extend the game's life, not to fix issues with the game. All the developers can use this against us and say, yeah, here's a this game that's not completely done, but we want to get it off the ground and start making money. And now we could follow up with it and keep patching it or just leave it because it's already released. And now as consumers, we want to ensure that then when we buy a game, we enjoy it. Because if we don't enjoy it for whatever reason, we want our money back immediately. 
if the devs are allowed to just release a game and say, hey, we want to get our Monday money, so here's a half-assed game, the consumers, on the other hand, want to be like, well, hey, if we're going to possibly buy a half-assed game, we want to make sure we can get our money back at the same time. It, it's changed. It's kind of messed up. I'm going to be honest. It is kind of messed up because it shouldn't be that way. It, it really shouldn't. There should be buying a game is you buy a game and that's that. Okay. I like the fact that I can refund games on Steam. Don't get me wrong. I'm in, happy I can do that. But even games that I really don't play, I just, I won't refund them even if I don't play them that much within like that 14 day time span. So I'm like, eh. But, I mean, honestly, what's the harm? I get a paycheck. I'm making money. Maybe I'll come back to the game later. It's not like a terrible, terrible thing. But it's nice to have the option. And usually the games I, again, like kind of games like Battletech, I refund the games that really just aren't doing dick for me. You know, those two games I bought was uh, John Wick Hex and Indivisible. I booed them both up once. Played them for a bit. And I haven't touched them since. But the reason why I didn't really care to try and refund them was at least the game did what it was supposed to do. It had tutorials. It showed me how to play the game. It gave it standard right away saying, okay, this is how you play the game. This is what we're going to expect of you going forward. So I at least appreciate the game. I That's like from my, like my standard is appreciating it. Even if I don't like it, I can at least appreciate what they were doing. And you know what? So what? Maybe I come back to it later at some point. But if I don't, I'm not that upset. I'm not upset with my purchase for those games because it was doing what it was supposed to do. A game like Battletech, I felt it didn't do what it was supposed to do. I didn't get a standard out of it. I was just thrown into this world of political intrigue, but you walk around in giant mechs. It, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Honestly, I didn't. I did not. So really, the big thing is, before you go to buy a game, just be aware. Be, definitely be aware of what the game is about. And once you purchase it, is it really going to kill you to hold on to it and not refund it? I don't think so. I think you'll be fine if you if you buy a game that isn't the greatest. However, that's not a, you know, a meal ticket to the devs. If the game is broken, if you buy a game that isn't just working out the way it's supposed to, definitely there should you should have a right to refund it. Okay? Especially if it's a bigger title. Like, it's backed by a bigger company, and it's a bigger release, and it's, like, asking for a lot of money. Like, an indie game that isn't completely flushed out, like, I bought Doctor's Dungeon, I think, for 20 bucks. A 20 buck game that's not completely flushed out, that's, like, being developed or has, like, an issue to, I don't mind that. It's not like I was, I'm, I'm forking over money, but if I was spending, like, 40, 50, 60 bucks on something that just doesn't have what it needs to have, like, doesn't have everything flushed out or everything fixed and everything's clean and ready to go, That that's wrong. Like, developers, especially if they ask more money, should have a game, a finished product. <laughs> if you're asking that much money, make sure it's a finished, completed product because it's wrong to ask for that much and not have a finished, completed product. The last thing I want to say about this, because it's popped into my mind, is also the standard of glitches has changed. And here's what I mean by that. I remember the days of, like, Halo 2, when I first got Halo 2 after playing Halo for a bit. 
You know what was great about that game? Was when I played it with my friends or even by myself, we actually looked for the glitches. Back then, we would say, okay, how can we get out of bounds? What can we break? You know, kind of like speedrunning strategies for the older games that people like look for glitches like in Ocarina of Time, the very important wrong warp glitch. You know, not to that extent because I'm not that good with, you know, frame per perfect button inputting. But it was fun, like, back in Halo 2, like, seeing what can we do to break the game? How can we get out of balance here? How can we do that? How can we do this? And also, I remember in Halo 2 was the Scarab Gun. If you found a way to properly break the boundaries, you get rewarded with a really awesome gun that you can use just for that level, which was it was pretty cool. Like, it was fun. Like, when a game had a few glitches, it was still fun. Because sometimes the glitches were almost like features where you can do a little bit more with the game for shits and giggles. But now people want, like, completely polished games. Again, that standard of, I want to make sure I enjoy it, and it better be perfect, otherwise I want my money back. Hey, if a game has a glitch or two, eh, it's not a big deal. Especially a lot of times it's, like, a new way of looking at the game, like, oh, that's not supposed to happen? Nice. Heck, I know with Slay the Spire, I ended up cheating. I don't know how it happened, but I was playing The Watcher. I was in Act 3. I got killed and failed the run, and I unlocked Ascension Mode 4. That's pretty cool. Pretty neat. I dig it. I dig it. It's a beta branch. It happens. Things happen. The game itself is still solid made. And those glitches and little features, if I quickly unlock Ascension Mode 4, I'm not going to complain. And then with a game like, say, Aspire, because it's still in beta, heck, when it gets a full release, I technically cheated to get Ascension Mode 4. I can just wipe my data. I can wipe my data, wipe my save, and then when the game's fully released and stable, play through again and actually do it legitimately. Glitches don't have to be a bad thing. Glitches don't have to be a reason to suddenly say, fuck this game. Sometimes, use it to your advantage. It can be fun. It can be hilarious. Well, that's the end of my rant. Honestly, this was an impromptu rant. I had some ideas of what to do today, but when I had this conversation the other day, I thought... It's, it, it got me thinking. It's something to bring up. Developers should release a game with a standard, okay? A way to learn how to play the game in your game world, like a tutorial level, a narrative piece, something that shows you how to play the game, sets a standard for the game, and then lets you enjoy it. And then on the consumer's end, that final piece, that enjoyment, that's on you. You should only buy a game if you know you're going to, maybe not know 100%, but if you feel like you're going to enjoy it, that then should make you buy the game. If you look at a game like, hey, it's a cool concept, but I don't think I'm really going to enjoy it, like Slime Rancher, I like the concept of Slime Rancher. I kind of like management-style games. But Slime Rancher, when I'm just like watching videos of it and stuff like that, I'm not feeling it. So yeah, I didn't pick it up. Because I know on my end, there's that agreement between me as a consumer and the developing team who produces the product. There has to be that agreement of, you're going to give me a completed game that sets the standard for me. And then I'm going to make sure that I'm picking it up because I want to. And that third party in the middle, the platform that sells you the game, it's tough. They're just a the third party. They have... Nothing to uphold other than the transaction being completed. That's all they have to uphold. I think refund policies are fine because 
they're the middleman. Like they just say, hey, we're looking to make money by selling you the product. You know, we make some money off of the sell. The developers make some money off the sell, and you get what you want. Like the third party is there to make sure everyone wins. So they have a, uh, some sort of refund policy. It's not the end of the world, but don't just willy nilly just do whatever the fuck you want when buying games. Make sure you 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 are getting what you want. Okay, for you personally. So that's the end of this rant. This this little impromptu rant. Okay, I hope you enjoyed it to some extent because it was just it was a thing. <laughs> it was just a quick it was just a quick thing, you know. Buyer's remorse, yada yada yada. <sighs> I honestly do miss the N sixty four sometimes, where it's like I'm getting a game, and it's a finished game, and if it wasn't a finished game. Everyone talked about it, and you knew not to touch it. That was just, life was simpler back then. So simpler. All right, so I will catch you all next week. I'm going to try and get on Twitter a bit more and just do random posts, because I haven't done that in a while. So, you do what you got to do. Enjoy. We're getting closer to winter. Don't freeze to death. You know, it gets a little chilly out every now and then. So, just warm. And I'll see you all next time.